Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 20th edition from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, brought to you by DraftBeast.com, even here underwater. With this snorkel system that I have on, you can use DraftBeast.com for the most fun fantasy sports experience ever. The the biggest variety of games over at DraftBeast.com. Go over there and check it out yourself. They, they I always speak highly of the goon games and the games where you can pick the worst teams possible. They also have the traditional games. Lots of stuff from hockey to uh, football to baseball. All kinds of fun stuff. Also on it, go to our podcast page. Fightful.com slash podcast, which we are revamping very soon. I promise you it's getting done. It'll have our schedule up there and everything. Uh, Open up any of those podcasts. Click that big, beautiful, blue on it link. And you will be swimming in deals from on it. They're great supplements. They're equipment. They're apparel. It's all pretty great if you use it. You can be as cool as me. Now, guys, I am joined by one half of Shake Them Ropes. His name is Jeff Hawkins. <laughs> yes, I am. I've brought some class to the show. I have a monocle and a hat on, so it'll be great. <laughs> we we found the Google effects, kids. We apologize. We should have never. We should have never done this. This this shouldn't have happened. This is a mistake. Us finding these. It's bad. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Oh, Back to normal. <sighs> we had SmackDown tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. Yes. SmackDown. We've got some Chris Cyborg stuff. Somebody says Sean Ross Sapp is going Kevin Dunn on the show. Good joke. Good joke, Mr. Clean. 
Somebody also opened up by saying, are writers not capable of writing storylines anymore? I guess Cena not being able to keep up will lead to a heel turn in time just for Taker to come wrestle him at Mania. You know, it's funny. Before we even get into this, I was hoping that The Rock's first loss at WrestleMania to The Rock, or that Cena's first loss to WrestleMania uh, against The Rock would have led to that. I was hoping he went on a losing streak because of that, and that would have explained that second match that they did, saying that, he had to do this to get back on track. He had to beat The Rock to get back on track. That was years ago. It didn't happen then. I don't think it's happening now. I don't either. But, uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I think it's kind of obvious what's going on in this main event scene, but we'll get to that. Yep. And I'm just sitting here waiting for, for Cena to do something interesting like... like... <laughs> I'll stop, I promise. Somebody says, Sean Ross developed an ego and is dissing Russo like crazy. Not cool, fool. Hey, guy, go to hell. Uh, <laughs> we are allowed to voice our own opinions based on anything we want on this show. Vince as well. And Vince and I are friends, and we get along very well. We'll talk a little bit about last week's podcast on this week's podcast on Friday when I joined with Vince Russo. But uh, – yeah, dude. Uh, Vince Russo didn't make anybody. I made me off of hard work. So uh, don't go say, saying that, Sean Legend. I'll address that right off the bat because I've had a lot of people saying, you disrespected Vince Russo, all that stuff. Me and Vince are friends, you guys. Me and Vince make a lot of money together. But uh, to say that two people shouldn't disagree about wrestling, a subjective form of entertainment on a podcast where they are supposed to talk about things of that nature. Uh, no, not so much. I thought that uh, the show last Friday was me and Vince's best yet. I thought it was our best show. Vince thought it was our best show. So what does that tell you, guys? This Friday's is probably going to be even better. But yeah, I love all of our readers, all of our listeners, all of our viewers. But you come here for opinions. You come here... For some backstage news, you come here for all that. Somebody says SRS is turning heel. I'm not turning heel. I do five podcasts a week, five to seven a week for you guys. So, and for me, I get paid to do it. But uh, either way, Jeff, what was your take on last Friday's show? I, I know you listened to a little bit of it. <laughs> no, I listened to the show. Um, it's also a subjective form of entertainment, and I disagree. It was your best. Um, <laughs> I, I, you disagree it was my best huh yeah not, not you oh no not you personally oh, yeah. i just i think i think uh i'd like to see vince ratchet down the gimmick a little bit but that's me yeah. i like vince for what i he do is. I like- let's put it this way it was a light friday listen that's all that's that's what i'll say I, it wasn't bad i'm not i'm not gonna diss it or anything i just there were times where i was just like okay it's a bit much here let's move on it was a great (laughs) friday listen i had people telling me i should have apologized to josh matthews and no i think no and see the thing is i think i think that vince said that in jest i think i it's hard for me to tell sometimes yeah but i wasn't going to And, and the way i broke it down to him is Josh Matthews said some really dumb shit on social media, and he was treated as if he said some really dumb shit on social media. Now, I am a guy who has said a whole lot of dumb shit on social media, like a lot, and people really 
really love to let me know about it, as they should. If you say something dumb on social media, it's out there. Yeah, own up to it. That's all you have to do. Somebody says Josh Matthews deserves to hang out with Heidenreich in a closet. I would not go that far. Wow. I would not go that far. Nobody deserves that. Either way, SmackDown happened tonight. These two-hour shows, it wasn't the best show. Hmm. I won't even say that, but it was a pretty good show. I, I thought it was okay. We started off with Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch. Feelings about the, this promo, Jeff? Did you? Expound yeah, like, for me because I thought it was – I thought – I mean, look, the scripting wasn't the greatest in the world, but for yeah. those two, it was both yeah. of their best promos, I think. I agree. I agree with that. And I think their delivery – like Becky Lynch really stepped it up with her delivery. She's heard yes. the criticisms about the puns and all that crap. You know, Alexa Bliss was forced to do that for a while too. Alexa Bliss's delivery, that was on point. That was real good. Like you said, the the dialogue they were given, the script they were given, not the best. But man, Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss delivered the hell out of these promos. Yeah, it was it wasn't natural dialogue. It was dialogue written by writers, and you can tell that it, it felt a little bit expositiony. But as far as their acting ability in terms of delivering these promos, I thought both were great. I liked the I liked the walking away from the contract signing move for Alexa, especially wiping her feet on the way off. Um, I think both came off really great here. I think even Daniel Bryan, with kind of the wink and the nod of, you know, don't boo the violence at the, at the contract signing. I think everybody kind of came off pretty well here for what has been a rather established trope in WWE script writing. I like the idea that this is the first, like, one-on-one program because I think Alexa yes. Bliss is excellent. I love Alexa Bliss. I said this almost sarcastically, but I, I don't think I said it that sarcastically. These women are like – the new age SmackDown six, only way more athletic, better in the ring, better overall as far as uh, stature and. Well, I've been yeah. waiting for I've been waiting for Becky to do something since her NXT match against Sasha, because we know that she has great matches and emotional, you know, emotional connection in her in her matches, and she hasn't had a chance to show it yet, mostly because she's in these multi-women schmazes now. She did pretty well in that triple threat at WrestleMania, I thought. I thought that match was pretty darn great, and I thought she was pretty darn great in it, and she was she was a hell of a trooper in that match, especially after the uh, stud on Charlotte, I think it was from Charlotte's gear, hit her in the eye and left that big black eye and said, look, Becky Lynch, no one's ever going to deny her toughness. Nobody's ever going to deny her ability in the ring. They're always afraid to kind of show them as more sporty than girly, so to speak. So I'm hoping that this match really gets to show off Becky's wrestling ability one-on-one and really establish her as a legitimate champion on this division because I think she can be a very strong champion on this if they give her a chance. I do too. Uh, I was joking about them being more athletic than the original SmackDown 6, but I really do look forward to seeing the women's segments on SmackDown. And Alexa Bliss, you guys. Money. <laughs> She's money. Oh, man. Um, Just delete that part of your, your toolbox right now. <laughs> this, oh, this is a mistake. What else do we have here? We have some props. Don't. <laughs> we have some props. Either way, somebody asked, is Rob really gone? Rob will be here on occasion to guest and things yeah. of that nature, but 
Oh, but yeah, he's having trouble digesting a hat right now. Yeah, and, that's the best explanation I can give you. Yes, life is kind of uh, caught up with him right now, and his scheduling's a bit of an issue. But he's still on my show for right now too. So, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> we have. You're a child. You're like a child. I can't control you anymore. What is this crap? Stop what? it! Stop. Bobby Lashley wears one every Thursday. I can't wear a headband. <sighs> why we can't have nice things sean ross sap geez okay i'll go paul birchall <laughs> i'll go paul birchall i've got a pirate hat on for those the, the 12 of you that listen actually we get a lot more audio downloads in 12 we are coming to itunes by the way guys i know that you all keep asking and it's happening i promise you it is happening look i've got a full like treasure trove of gimmicks here look i'm lanny poffo I'm Draws circa 1998 with the the floppy hat. Jerry Lawler here. Miss Elizabeth. Paul Burchill. Crazy Steve. Bobby Lashley. Didn't Terry Reynolds do do this one for a little bit? Yes. The horns? Yes. Whatever. Um, I don't know what this is. Battle Cat. Battle Cat. Man, I, I got them all, you guys. Oh, come on, Jeff. <laughs> come on, Jeff. You know what? I need a vacation from you, Jeff. Okay. That's <laughs> the best I can do right here. So, guys, anyway, I guess we should probably continue talking about SmackDown. This yes. is technically a wrestling and MMA program. The Usos versus American Alpha. I really liked the the promo that Amer- the inset promo that American Alpha did. Yeah. Not like the greatest thing in the world, but it was good. I liked it. This was really, for for my money, their first attempt at being angry baby faces. They did a little bit in NXT when they had a program against, against the Revival. But um, other than that, I mean, for, for the main roster, yeah. And, and Gable has always, this has always been kind of a noticeable weakness with him at times. You know, once he gets away from the shtick, he's had a bit of an issue. But I, I like this a lot. And I like the Usos here a lot, too, especially in this match. I think I think they I, this, this entire match was laid out really, really well to tell the stories that they wanted to tell here. I, I think it may go... Slight, it, I mean, in terms of, well, we want more of a work rate type of match, but in terms of story, I thought this was near perfect in terms of what they wanted to do here. You had the American Alpha with, with Jordan taking the fall because he didn't want to tag in his partner who was obviously injured and not ready to come back. And you had the Usos just being dirty heels who took advantage of every opportunity they could without actually cheating. I, I liked it a lot. The Usos really needed some freshening up. Mm-hmm. And they got it in the form of this heel turn. <laughs> they they beat they beat American Alpha. They worked over Chad Gable's leg. I thought this, even though it was a little anticlimactic for uh, American Alpha's first loss, it was okay. You, you got the heels going against Heath Slater and Rhino. Mm-hmm. They seem like real douchers, the yeah. Usos. Yeah, like and, and it, it sets up American Alpha for the chase once the Usos beat Slater and Rhino, which is probably going to happen. Exactly. I like that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, I love how selfless they made Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. They they like it, they made him heroic, in fact, in terms of, no, you're not ready. I'm not going to tag you in. I'll take this beating for you. I thought that was awesome. 
it was fantastic. It's something I haven't seen in decades, maybe. It's really good stuff. And American Alpha is the right team to pull that with mm-hmm. because you have Gable, who is so sympathetic, even though he is an Olympic athlete. Uh, yeah, he can still be sympathetic because he's much smaller than Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he can sell his ass off. Yeah. But perhaps my favorite thing about all this, despite the fact that the match is really good, the Usos having trouble catching their breath backstage. <laughs> <laughs> they were laboring to breathe and to talk and to harass Heath Slater and Rhino. And one of them tried to grab Rhino's crackers, and he said, don't you dare touch my crackers. Rhino and Heath Slater are pure gold. Here we are with another situation, Rob, where a few months ago the draft happened. Oh, Jeff, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh. You know what? No, go ahead. I'm maybe, sorry. maybe I need to see a little more clearly. <laughs> but <laughs> here we are in a situation a few months ago where we said, man, that SmackDown tag division, it needs help. That SmackDown women's division, it needs help. And both of them are doing just fine right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially on the uh, on the Usos promo where they're trying to remember their lines in between very, very deep breaths. But I loved their promo too. It just even with even with the labored breathing, it just seemed like a very angry, serious. You know, you and your twenty six stank ass kids. <laughs> you know, I, I love that line. That line popped me. You know, I thought the crackers was a bit corny to be honest with you, but you know. It got Rhino. There was no corn on those crackers. It, it got. It, there was. It got Rhino angry. Oh, it got Rhino angry, and intense. Rhino is always good. I wish they. I wish they'd let Slater get a little more serious right now as a champion, but we know that's not his role, and we know they're going to get killed by the Usos. So I, I'm fine with it. Guys, if you all are watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Go watch the show over at Fightful.com as well. That really helps us out. But if you are watching on YouTube. Click that subscribe button. It's down here somewhere. And leave us a thumbs up. That really helps. Also, please be sure to share Fightful.com on uh, Twitter, Facebook, in Facebook groups. That really helps. Uh, on Reddit, things of that nature. Sure, We are overhauling our forums. I know you've heard me say that a million times, but it is on the docket. We are getting uh, a way more user-friendly forum set up there. So uh, once you register for free, you'll never have to pay to use Fightful. You'll get access to that. Also, you get access to our exclusives. We have interviewed Chael Sonnen, Daniel Cormier, CM Punk, EC3 interviewing him again soon, Muhammad Hassan, uh, UFC's Uriah Hall. We were the ones to talk to him about his uh, the PED accusations. The aforementioned Vince Russo brings you some great columns each week, including a Raw blog, which <laughs> – he struggles to get through, and it's a hilarious read. Uh, then we we also get Jeff Hawkins rolling his eyes on Tuesday nights. Hmm? I just saw that rolling your eyes. Oh no! I, you know what? I I was just thinking about Uriah Uriah Hall. To be honest with you, and I just uh, that guy's too nice to be an MMA. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll talk about that in in moments, but. Yeah, Fightful.com, guys. I am uh, republishing the Muhammad Hassan article tomorrow that I put out in January. I revisit it a little bit. I tell a little bit of the story behind it. And I did a follow-up, which drops over the next week or two, something of that nature. We are adding New Japan Pro Wrestling live viewing parties. 
So if you're into New Japan Pro Wrestling, Fightful.com is the place to go. If you're into any viewing parties, I'm talking Alaskan Fighting Championships. We did, I think that's either that or Australian. AFC, we did a viewing party for that. Titan FC, Pancrase, Cage Warriors, UFC, Bellator, Invicta, WWE, TNA, Lucha Underground, Cruiserweight Classic, NXT, all of it. The Canelo fight, the the Triple G fight, we've done it all. Fightful.com is the place to go. Please share the page, let people know about it. All that good stuff. That way I can stop plugging this all the time, guys. Jesus. Either way. Yeah, the, the SmackDown tag scene, I think, has, has over-delivered based on mm-hmm. what they have been given so far. The top half, at least, yeah. Yeah, well, they're the ones getting television time, mm-hmm. at least. What do you make of Jack Swagger coming to SmackDown? Do you think anything's going to happen with that? I don't, but you know what? In the process of watching this match, he is a lot more comfortable on camera than he used to be. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's very weird to me to watch a guy who has been put down for this long by this company get this kind of chance and seem this relaxed because because I've watched it as soon as he came out I, I literally tweeted uh oh because I thought it was going to be like that promo last week you know what I thought he was you know he wasn't the most loquacious guy in the world he wasn't he wasn't giving like big speeches but he was saying all he had to say and he was coming off pretty well I thought all things considered in this match. And, and I really liked that. And I liked, uh, I liked the more determined part of uh, Apollo Cruz uh, in the, in this match as well. I mean, I thought he came off pretty well, even though he got beat. <laughs> and I think this is the end of him for a while. As is tradition. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm actually looking forward to that Baron Corbin, Jack Swagger match. Cause I think, I think, Swagger is very underappreciated by a lot of people, just given that he's been sure. like, I mean, he's been having good matches on main event and things of that caliber for the last year or so. But I think he's going to help Baron Corbin quite a bit in his development and having to fight a big man rather than some guy he can just power around. Yeah. Um, it's like the thing about Jack Swagger. He's been beaten and beaten and beaten and mm-hmm. beaten and beaten. But for some reason, when they did that face off, I was interested in seeing them have a match. When, when Baron Corbin walked over there and stared him down, for some reason I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch this match. Mm-hmm. And I'll care about it. Yeah, Jack, Jack, I can't say. Jack, Jack Swagger had the misfortune of coming up in a generation where they didn't have real managers to talk for a guy until a guy could get comfortable. That's That's his downside. And now it seems like now that he's gotten older and he's gotten married, and he's probably a bit more relaxed and, and career ambition isn't necessarily possibly the most important thing. It seems like he is a much more natural performer now, which is a shame that they beat him so much at yeah. this point. Yeah. And Corbin won this match. I, I still love his finish. I still love end of days. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm interested in seeing this match. I don't know what'll happen, where it'll go, anything of that nature, but yeah, Hey, they, Jack Swagger better off here than he was on Raw. I agree, and they got to they got to start doing something here with Baron Corbin because they keep pushing him as this monster who goes through all these programs, and then they just put him in another program because it doesn't seem like they want to pull. They, they don't want to pull the. Ziggler. 
yeah, the Ziegler program, you know, the, you know, it, it, it's time to get, put him in a mid card title feud somewhere. It's tough to rebound from that. It's tough to rebound from a 50, 50 program that starts your WWE career. Yeah. It's really, really hard. Like it's not that hard to rebound from it. If it happens way into your WWE career, like, had Rusev not been beaten and beaten and beaten, but he had one little 50-50 feud, uh, fine. But he got beaten and beaten and beaten. And now he's, to me, he's always seen as like one notch below. Mm-hmm. Just a notch below, unfortunately. I'd agree with that. And Baron Corbin seems like because of that just initial 50-50 booking, it'll be hard for him to overcome unless he gets put over in some some magnificent way. I, I think he's uh, different though than Rusev because Rusev was on the fast track and they just all of a sudden put the brakes on there. This is more programming guy that they know is young and isn't ready for the top spotlight yet, but they're so afraid to give him that next step at the same time. And he's just kind of in that holding pattern of the lower mid card. And you're like, okay, when's he getting out of this? Cause you know, he's going to win every feud on this level. Yeah, well, maybe he lost his Dolph Ziggler a couple times. Well, but he ultimately won the feud. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Miz was backstage. Yeah, sure. First off, Kurt Hawkins. Oh dear Lord! Talk about him, Jeff. I need him to change his last name now. He is. He is. He is. He is putting pain and suffering on my relatives by doing these promos. It, these I don't are know what the deal is. It, they're there to show how entertaining. This is a guy who has no f's to give, so to speak. So he's being entertaining on camera and popping someone in production. I think with all these wacky voices and allusions to movies, and you're just like, this is- I think he was ribbing uh, Cliff Compton's old gimmick. Possibly, you know what he's turning into? He's the male Eva Marie right now. This is this so is, is and this is this is clear now? yeah. This is the Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay is coming, and then they never show him on camera. Yeah, even Marie's cleared. She wasn't on the show. She wasn't even not not on the show, mm-hmm. which pisses me off even more because I was looking forward to it. Somebody says, "Why is Jeff always smiling? He's like Apollo Cruz." Me and Jeff are happy people, you guys. I'm actually not, but it, I try to do it for the camera. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I like to laugh. I like to have Who fun. Who wants to listen to some miserable curmudgeons? Exactly. I want to be happy. Yeah. I like the people that watch our show. I like most. And of I them. like my life. I think it's pretty fun. And I have great We have a bit of breaking news here. Oh, what? Sorry. Mickey Gall has one-upped the Sage Northcutt challenge and has challenged him to a hair versus hair fight. That's awesome. No. No, it's not. Jeff, what are you talking about? It's it's fantastic. Okay. Stipulation matches in the UFC now. Sure. Okay. Why not? Okay. Okay. You know what? Let me let me digest it a bit. Maybe I'll work on me. This is already a sport that had enough problems getting regulated and not being seen as a clown show. I think it's hilarious. I think it's funny. From- I think it's funny. I just don't know. You know what? I mean, this is a company that won't let guys come out to music or do entertaining things at weigh-ins. I, they let come out to Hey Mickey. They did eventually after backlash. But did uh, you see the video of Tony Basil doing hip hop dancing? 
at, at like 72. 71. Like 72. 72. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. Her and Jane Cleveland are Highlanders. I like to think that I keep myself in decent shape. I take my on it. I do my DDP yoga. I lift weights. I go to wrestling class. I, I do what I can. About 12 seconds into what 72-year-old Tony Basil was doing, I, I'm dead. I'm laid out. I'm flat. Done. You're a good-looking man, though, Sean Rossap. Impressive, that woman. Impressive. Worth, worth hunting down, you guys. Yes. Worth hunting down. Okay. The Miz was forced into an intercontinental title match by Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan said that he would cancel the match. He really flubbed his lines. He really seemed fake and put on. This was the worst Daniel Bryan GM promo since the draft, in my opinion. Yeah, and they should have just done this as a pre-tape. I think they were doing this live, and that was a problem. And this and this wording was very, very – I mean, I've, I've had scripts like this that I've had to read before where the wording is not attuned a t- a to your natural voice and your natural cadence. And so you start stumbling and mixing words up. And they, this wasn't very good. What was very good was the actual match, though. I, I really liked this a oh, lot. Yeah. I, and you know what? Say what you will about Miz – the ironic thing about him having this, and this is a solid feud, I think, on TV for a television feud between Ziggler, who needs some rebuilding, even though this hasn't totally rebuilt him, so to speak. It's kind of proving Miz right in that part of the promo he did on Daniel Bryan. He's still very entertaining. He wrestles very safe, and he can do these types of matches forever. Yeah, as is his point a few weeks ago on Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. These two guys managed to make magic in the ring, and The Miz is unbelievable. The Miz has been fantastic. And there were uh, things here that, that little things here that really made this good, like, like the pre ring introductions for the title match to make it seem bigger, I thought was a nice touch. Miz hiding behind Maurice during the ring introductions, I <laughs> thought was spectacular. You know, things like if, that. Had John Cena not lost in the main event, I would say this should have been the main event. But, you know, John Cena losing, I think, definitely quality. The more I think about it, the better the show was. Mm-hmm. This actually, was a really damn I good was, show. I was shocked by the fact that you were shading it at first, because other than the main event, I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I watch so much wrestling, Jeff, and I try not to be jaded. I really do. But sometimes it's just like, man, you want to watch anything oh. but wrestling. Let me tell you something, Sean. You talk to me about Raw. I'll get angry and I'll, I'll get jaded. And yeah. that, that's for my other show tomorrow that I'll tape. But uh, right now I'm just enjoying the ride of SmackDown. Yeah. And I try to go into it with an open mind, but sometimes it's hard to go into it with an mm-hmm. open mind. Like next Monday, I'll be missing Monday night football and a presidential debate that will be way more sports entertainment than anything on raw. And I'm going to be pretty pissy. Probably. I'm probably not going to be happy on that post show. Uh, which, by the way, if- you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. 
and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You all are familiar with the Marky Smart, Trina. She will be joining myself and Alex Pawlowski oh. on the show next week. She's good people. Yeah. I like her. Yeah. She's traveling every she is all over she the place. She is making towns, as they say. She is making towns. Like every time I talk to her, I'm like, well, well the couple times I'm like, what town are you in? What town are you in? Oh, Chicago. Oh, Cleveland. Made, oh, okay. Well made of money. That's what she is. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I don't know her that well. Either way, glad I befriended her if she's made money. Pass it along, Trina. So this match was unbelievable. It was excellent. It wasn't unbelievable because they've had more great matches than I thought that they would ever have together. But the finish, we get the Miz after Maurice was ejected from ringside. This this ref, who I think also was one of the refs in yet in uh, Sunday's Bengals Steelers game, missed, missed the Miz spraying Ziggler in the eyes, and Miz got the the win. So cool, that was fun. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering where they're going though with this contract thing because I'm I'm part of me thinks, and let me let me lay this down on you and see if if you like it or not. That that championship opportunity that Cesaro and Sheamus are fighting for might be for this Intercontinental title. Ooh. That would be interesting. Maybe like a situation, like I've always said, like they just got to get one of those guys off the show. Yeah. Because they can't coexist together. Well, but that would also wrap up the whole Cesaro's always been talking about how much he wants to go to SmackDown type of thing. Sure. And maybe they leave it up to him. What belt do you want to challenge for? And, you know, of course, dumb baby faces being what they are, they never go for the big belt. They'll go for a mid-card title. Yeah. Randy Orton beat Eric Rowan. This this was what it was. It was fine. Yeah. It was short. I don't listen whenever Braid Wyatt talks anymore. Like there's there's just no point. It's great delivery and he says nothing. But I am excited that Luke Harper has been cleared to come back. Yeah. He was add backstage him, at Raw. Add him to this immediately. Don't put him on Raw. Put him on SmackDown. Yeah, don't put him on Raw. Do not put him on Raw, please. The Bray Wyatt thing, I it's, he is a unique character, and you can't find anything to do with him. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Nikki and Naomi versus Natalia and Carmella. Naomi felt like she got like a real superstar entrance here. There was a lot interesting about these segments, like the backstage interview where she got Which most was, of the By the way, Naomi, horrible on those. She is so wooden. She sounds like... <laughs> like what you would hear in a read on WWE 2K17. That's like what if like you're on my career mode and you approach Naomi backstage. 
I want to show everyone that they can feel the glow. Yeah, no. Just like Nikki Bella does. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like they got a marketing guy and say, here, here are your catchphrases. Now, find a way to work them into a promo. And that's all she did was say the catchphrases that they wanted her to say while Nikki stood by and kind of gave her the rub. Um, and that's the interesting thing about this entire segment was Nikki is an afterthought. Nikki was in the ring when they introduced Naomi. Naomi, they, this was their attempt to make her number three on the roster, I think, in terms of the women. Um, everything well, about they, this. They, want to do that. they need to stop giving her crappy produced lines. I agree. I agree. Because that's going to hinder her more than anything. I think the entrance is a superstar entrance. It is yes. a great entrance. It works. She pulls it off great. Uh, she has a great look. You know, maybe don't hit people in the face with your ass as a finish. Come up with something else there, too. Um, if you're Yokozuna, sure, and that sad, works. And the sad thing is she comes up so naturally likable on Total Divas, yes. if you ever watched that. I mean, I watched a few older episodes when she was on. I don't know if she's even on the show anymore, is she, now that she's gotten married? No. Uh, but she was very likable in the stuff that I saw from her there let that one come on camera as opposed to this very pandering, almost, you know, focus group tested gimmick that they have for her. And then this match, I was confused, but I'm okay with it as kind of a moving pieces type of thing. (laughs) Carmella yanking out Nikki because she hates her so much. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I thought that was cool too. I think Carmella is one of the more interesting characters on the show as well because yeah. she just hates Nikki. Yeah. She just hates Nikki. Screw your wins uh, and losses. I hate her and I want to fight her. And while I'm here, I mean, it logically in a world, in a more old school world, makes sense. In yeah. WWE, it doesn't necessarily at times, but for me, I, I was fine with it. It just, I, I, I was actually, I had to be corrected. I thought it was a tag team match. I didn't realize this was a singles match. I was like, why was that a DQ? And then someone had to correct me on that. This was a singles match? Yeah, it was a singles match. That's why she got the DQ. That has to be the only wow. reason, because otherwise it's not a disqualification. I had no idea either. I might it be wrong. So I might quick. Check the comments, because I, had to be, I was corrected on Twitter by two people who told me it was a singles match. I don't know. It's, uh, here's what, how our report reads. Natalia attacks Naomi, then locks in the sharpshooter. But Carmella drags her out and tosses Nikki into the barricade and stomps on her. Naomi hits <laughs> Natalia with a big boot. Disqualification. Okay. So it's, it's still all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. Um, I thought this was fine, but they, there, there are things they got to change about, about Naomi. Sure. I agree. I agree. AJ Styles uh, interviewed backstage. He says he has no rivalry because he's beaten Cena and Ambrose. I like that line. I don't like him rhyming all time. That's really weird. What do you think of his mic skills since he's uh, the you know the champ that runs the camp, all that crap? I, what do you I, think it's mic skills? I don't. I don't like him at all. I, I want him to be a more serious champ. I, I don't need this goofball weasel heel on both shows i i don't and this is what they do with heel champs they did it with rollins on raw they're kind of doing this with owens a little bit because but they haven't really established anything with him other than triple h gave him the belt i don't need this out of heel champs i can you can have a heel 
champ who cuts interesting and intense promos. I don't understand why they always seem to shy away from this. Sorry, I was on mute there. I noticed. What, what's going on? A little, going on? Of a cough, okay? little bit of a cough there, okay. yeah. Okay, just checking. Eating a hat? <laughs> we had Cena and Ambrose. Thought the match was fine. Nothing that Dean Ambrose does outside of with AJ Styles is really just... But Dean Ambrose pinned John Cena. Right. And pinned him clean as hell. Yeah. But this is the build they do for this? this is the build they do for triple threat matches because we have two weeks. So next week, it's Ambrose and it's Ambrose and AJ. So one will get the win probably with Cena's help. They're gonna trade wins up until the triple threat to make you think you know anybody can win the triple threat. That's what they do for triple threat matches. So I mean, I didn't I didn't think too much of it necessarily. I don't think. Like when you came up with this, this is where John Cena has some sort of introspective, you know, he goes through a existential walk yeah. or something like that to think about his life and his placement in wrestling. That's not going to happen. What they're gonna, what they're trying to do now is establish a little bit of doubt if he still has it for when he gets the big win to tie Ric Flair. What do you think of the tying Ric Flair thing? I'm on record with this. If Ric Flair's okay with it, I'll be okay with it. I don't I don't view them as equals in any way because Ric Flair held the belt in a different time and period where you could hold on for a title for a year or two and be a legitimate, you know, you were the champ. It wasn't just a title that you held on a television show. You went from territory to territory and you were on everybody's television shows as a champion. So I I, I mean, life goes on. It's a different time period. I'm fine with this. And remember the company itself says wins and losses don't matter. As brought up on the observer radio show this weekend, somebody had brought up somebody had brought up. Yeah. It's a rare listen for me, but somebody brought up like they treat their champions like nothing. So they're fighting for a title that isn't protected. Correct. So what are they fighting for? What renders the whole thing pointless? And I hate that. I'll tell you what that. I'll tell you what it is. What in their minds I think you are representative of the brand. And the brand is bigger than any individual personality, any individual title other than possibly the McMahons. But the remember it's the WWE universe. So you are the linchpin of the WWE universe so to speak. I I I don't like it at all. I would much rather I think if you got rid of a lot of the politics and just made it about the title, it would mean a lot more on Raw especially. I think the title on SmackDown is on its way to being something. You just have to stop these guys from being goofballs. That's all, because you made Dean Ambrose a goofball. Now you've made AJ Styles a goofball. Cena can't be the only serious champion you have on this show. So that was SmackDown. Thought it was a pretty good show looking back at things. We have a ton of MMA and wrestling news to get into. Okay. Uh, first off, th- this Emma thing that, that people people are like blowing up about, about her saying that she's been cleared for six weeks. I asked around, and what I was told by three different people is she was cleared to return to training six yeah. weeks ago. She was not cleared to return to the ring six, six weeks ago. Um, 
So that that was a little misconstrued. We'll have a full story up on that tomorrow. I don't want her rushed back. No, my, I that don't back, Backs are, are delicate things. I want her to go into training. I want her to feel comfortable, more than comfortable enough to get in the ring. I don't want her to rush that and then find out, oh, I'm not as ready as I thought. That would be bad because I think Emma's great. Also, uh, Goldberg not going to be at Clash of Champions, even though he is in the same town. That That's a given. But had to ask because people were asking me. Also, huh. contrary to reports, Jack Gallagher was not planned for last night's Raw. I saw a lot of that yesterday. Uh, that's it for, for rumors. The UFC has a new matchmaker, Jeff. Did you see that? I saw that. Are they? Uh, he, he's got a different title. It's like VP of Talent Relations. It's Mick Maynard. That's exactly what it is, yes. Legacy of uh, Legacy Fight. Uh, what the hell was their promotion? Legacy Fight uh, Fighting Championships. Championships. There you go. Yeah. Which now merged with RFA to become LFA on Access TV. Also, bummer of news coming out of Access TV. I'll talk about that in a minute. Mick Maynard, I am sure, fine. I think that's, that's cool. But um, what, what do you make of this move? They got someone with experience, and I think he's going to have more of a staff than Shelby did. So, I mean, I'm – or Silva. I always get those two mixed up. I, I You know what? Yeah. I like – you know what? It's like double-A ball to go into the majors. I'm fine with this. He has matchmaking experience. I don't think you can tell until he starts making matches how good of a job he's going to do on this level because, look, this is jumping into the deep end even though you have a few swimming lessons. I mean, Legacy Fighting Championship isn't, isn't, doesn't have as much money, doesn't have as many fighters. You know, you're going to have to wait a bit in order to assess this move. Also, I like the idea that RFA and Legacy are merging. These are two of the better-run promotions outside of the UFC, so I like that. They have uh, signed a multi-year deal with Access TV. Sad news out of Access, though, Jeff. Hmm. Um, Inside MMA is getting canceled. Oh wow! I, I I'm a yeah. Fan. After nine I'm... years, this is the OG program of mixed martial arts. Like since 2007. Now this is post Ultimate Fighter and things like that. But this is before ESPN's MMA Live that did very well. It was before MMA Uncensored on Spike TV. It was before UFC Tonight. It's before. A lot of these podcasts before the MMA hour took off. This is sad. Is this just because there's so many other shows being done by bigger networks that they're seen as redundant now or ratings or I the, mean, not that access gets great ratings. Access's PR guy, access's PR guy uh, told me that it's because they're focusing more on live content and they do have a lot of live MMA, yeah. a ton of live MMA, but this is, this is a bummer for me, man. They've broken a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And just because just because people like Kenny Rice, Boss Rutten, Ron Kruk, Mauro Ronaldo, and they open up to these guys. And I, you know, I feel a little I mean, fights that I have called have been highlighted on their show. You know, there's and for dozens of amateur promotions, this show helped because they would highlight amateur fights as well. Like if there was a spectacular knockout or something of that nature on uh, absolute action MMA, they would show it. That's You don't see that out of UFC Tonight or MMA Uncensored, which no longer exists, or MMA uh, Live, which also doesn't exist anymore. 
it's just a bummer. It's kind of sad. Yeah, they were one of the first shows that got me into MMA, you know, at least as a student of it. And I, I became a real big fan of Kenny Rice. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't realize he was such a versatile broadcaster until I saw him do it. He, he does horse racing as well. That, exactly, yeah. I saw that he did the Kentucky Derby yeah. one year. Yeah, he's very he's very good at that, and 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 just he's great. Boz, I you know you can't hate Boz, <laughs> and and Ron Ron Crook it grew on me for 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 Milo. I like yeah. I mean at first you just thought okay who is this goofball, but you saw he also had a nice <laughs> self deprecating sense of humor when it came to these type of personality pieces, and it was just a solid solid show all the way around. You know, it had enough entertaining aspects to not be fluff, and it had enough news to really satisfy the hardcores. I thought it was a perfect mix, and it's it wasn't co-opted media like the UFC shows on Fox or even ESPN to some some extent. I mean, they didn't. I mean, if if there was criticism to be had, they'd say it as opposed to playing it safe. I thought you know, and so it'll be a loss for MMA media, in my opinion. Also, news coming out of boxing, Floyd Mayweather has now nixed any potential Conor McGregor fight. About time. About time. As I mentioned last night, Roy Jones Jr. considering retirement. Canelo Alvarez suffers a broken thumb. He's out for the rest of the year. Those stories up on Fightful.com in our boxing section. We are also working, little birdie told me, on giving you individual, like, specialized wrestling, MMA, and boxing pages. We already have those for news. Apparently, we're, we're going a step beyond. You'll find out more about that soon, guys. Now, the, some MMA news also. Chris Cyborg has said that she's having issues with weight, her, her weight cut. And, you know, not everybody tells the truth about their weight cut and things of that nature. Did you see where she argued with her nutritionist, George Lockhart, about being on birth control? Yeah, I did. And uh... – <laughs> And George is right. I have so many George questions. Has on, <laughs> George has her on birth control, and she's saying, no, it helps me. It makes me retain water, yada, yada, yada. George Lockhart is, if not the best, then one of the best nutritionists in MMA history. And he's right. Ian Kidd did a great article on Bloody Elbow, which I will admit that article for Fightful, but he had already agreed to do it for Bloody Elbow. So hmm. bummer there, but go check it out. And he reveals George Lockhart is absolutely right. Now, I don't know what this says. I, I want Cyborg, if she's going to fight in the UFC, 140 is fine for me. Sure, whatever. But she's directly going, trying to argue with her nutritionist who specializes in this. Like, I understand she thought she got herself educated on the matter, but she didn't. She didn't. What does that say to you? I think she's... Uh, you know, she's so concentrating on the on the weight part of it. She's not concentrating on the health part of it. That's that's what I view. She's looking at the number and going, "I need to get to this number. I need to get to this number, so that I can get these fights that that they want." Because her time's running out. She she's a little sure. on the older spectrum. She's done PEDs um, allegedly. Uh, so so it's burnt. She got pop for them. Okay, good. I, I wasn't sure if she had her hand, but I know that there was always the rumors. And so that'll mess up your health as well. I mean, and, and weight cutting in the future. So, you know, I, I, I understand her believing I know what's best for my body, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you got to leave it to the professionals. 
First time I ever cut weight, I had no idea what I was doing. I walk around at about 175 at that time, about 175. I was about five or six years younger, and I didn't know how to cut weight. And I almost killed myself getting down to 149.9 to wrestle at a tournament. And I made the weight Mm -hmm. uh, in a test cut, and then I tried to do it again, and my body shut down. I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't have access to a nutritionist. But then when I I finally consulted somebody who did have experience, and it went much easier. I will never, ever go to that weight again. But you got to listen to those people because the people that were trying to tell me that were experienced – they were telling me what to eat, how to diet, how to get rid of the weight, what to take to get rid of the weight. I wasn't listening to them. I was like, oh, this will be easy. I can do it myself. You can't always do it yourself. And Cyborg knows much more than I. It was much more than Chris Cyborg as well. What are your thoughts on Mike Dolce? A lot of bro science. Okay. But – yeah, I'm not the person to ask. I, I, about, I don't. I don't. I, I don't need, I don't need you. I, I don't need you to put you out on a ledge or anything like that. I was just sure. asking because I've read his no, books no. and I've studied him and I've always hey. I've been a little skeptical at times of him. And his, his, his guys thinking. make weight, and generally the people who complained about him were BJ Penn and Quentin Rampage Jackson. What I'll say about guys them who like is to eat, <laughs> guys who like to eat, and two of the guys who are notorious for not being disciplined. Correct. Like not being disciplined at all. But his guys make weight. Ian yeah. Kidd on Twitter is the person to ask about that. Ian okay. Kidd is absolutely, in my opinion, the best. Um, um, today, CM Punk, I say the project isn't over. Where can he go next? Here's my opinion, Jeff. If the UFC doesn't want to further damage their brand by associating themselves with CM Punk, they should keep him under contract because Ryzen or, or Bellator will absolutely sign him. Yes. If I were them... I would put him in the likes of Titan FC or Pancrase mm-hmm. or Cage Warriors, a fight past property, his salary, but they also get fight pass subscriptions off of that because the type of people who will tune into that are people who generally don't have fight pass subscriptions already. I could see him not being interested in that too. I could see Punk just saying, look, I wanted to try something at the highest level I could. And I could see him not taking a fight with Bellator, too. I don't think this is a personal challenge for him anymore, necessarily. I think he wanted to try it. He didn't well, He's back do in well. the gym. Uh, then I agree with, well, you know what? Okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. Yes, I agree with your assessment. I, if I'm the UFC and I have him under contract and he wants to fight again, I'm not putting him on one of my shows. I'll put him on one of those lower-tier shows if he'll do it for the, for the money that those lower tier shows pay because that's the other problem here is that if you find out that you're going to be over, I mean, maybe you want to meet his salary demands and think he's going to be a lot of buys on that network stuff. I'm not so certain of that. I'm just not. I think for a pay-per-view, sure. You do it once, but now that he's fought, now that we've seen the gimmick, I don't think he's going to be that big of a draw to push the UFC network, but I agree that you put him on a lower tier card. King By Mo the way, as, as a teaser for you, I got a note from a friend while we were on air. I feel like Dean's promo at the end of Talking Smack won't be a big hit with the higher-ups. Ooh, can't wait to see that. I always yes. look forward to watching that after the show. <laughs> I am going to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine tonight. Great show. Love that show. Yeah. Have, you, have you watched Vice Principals yet? Uh, I don't. I have a couple friends who work on it, but I, 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 I haven't watched it yet. Unbelievable show. 
fantastic show. The finale was was great. Can't wait for next season. Um, also, I watched a bunch of Jean Benet Ramsey stuff this week. Oh, don't be that guy. Keep moving. I did. They're trying I'm a murder to, they're mystery try, guy. They're trying to build a case that's not there, but let's keep going. <laughs> the, the theory that the, the CBS folks threw out there was the, the best I've heard yet, yeah. but there's still a lot of unexplained things. See, I like to watch a lot of murder mystery because by the time MMA and wrestling and all that stuff is done, like I said, I want to watch anything but pro wrestling. Ironically, what I end up watching is like the Joe Rogan podcast, which mm. can be a little bit of a, a lot of things, but – King Mo. King Mo. Open to fighting Shane Carlin. I think he's open now, to fighting almost anybody. I, I just I seven and oh seven and oh is a heavyweight. Yeah, but okay. Look at his resume. Tell me if that's a seven and oh resume for, for I mean, then again, Carwin hasn't fought in forever. I mean yes. and he needed he let's put it this way, he he's another guy that was on the gas, so Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, but the I, thing about Carwin, on or off the gas, I think he swings that, that tree trunk of an arm at you. It doesn't even matter if you get your hand up and block it. You might go out. I think Mo gets a double leg on him and just wrestles him for three rounds Maybe. if that happens. Maybe. I wonder what a slimmer, trimmer Shane Carwin would look like by the way of wrestling, which, I mean, we're talking an old Shane Carwin. Yeah. An old Shane. It'd be Carlin. like watching Mark Coleman when he came back for that very short run at the end of his yeah. career. Indeed. Uh, guys, a programming note. I do not know when the Showdown Joe podcast will air. I have no idea. Joe uh, flies to Japan tomorrow to cover or to do color commentary on this weekend's Ryzen show. Oh, cool. So I don't know when it's going to happen. I have no idea. I'm going to try – to get with Joe, we're going to figure out a schedule, something of that nature. I think there's a 12, 12, 13, however many hour time difference. But I think we can make it work. I think there's a way that it'll be in the evening for him, morning for me, or vice versa. He's a morning guy. I'm a night guy, so it'll work. Uh, this weekend, Joe will not be with us, but he will be writing a column about his experience at Ryzen. I don't know what I'll do for that. I might go solo. I might have some of the fight team members over to watch the uh, – the cyborg fight night show. And we do have a wedding. Our strength and conditioning coach, one of our former fighters is getting married this weekend. So maybe I can have like a round table situation. That's just me throwing some stuff out there. I don't know, but lots of fun stuff. Jeff, before we go, Mm -hmm. tell these people about shake them ropes. Tell us what's going to be on there. I'll get up. Get a few plugs in here. Yeah, Shake Them Ropes this week. Rob and I are back talking Raw and SmackDown and previewing Clash of Champions. Uh, I haven't spoken to Rob in a in a while because I didn't do the after of the Cruiserweight Classic with him. So it's going to be very interesting. I think I'll probably end up cutting a promo on this Raw because I absolutely hated it, quite a bit of it. And our uh, top 100 match will be uh, Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title from SummerSlam. 92, I think it was. Um, also, uh, if you're interested in improv comedy for any reason, I did a podcast called uh, The Pack with Miles Stroth that dropped this week where you get to know a little bit about me and my life outside of any wrestling type of interest. And uh, number three to seek out, if you can, it's Vin Scully's last week broadcasting Dodger games. He will not, oh, be, yeah. doing po- he will not be doing postseason games. Go find it. I 
you know what? I did not grow up in California. I was not aware of Vin Scully as a broadcaster other than on NBC for like golf and things like that until I moved out here. I have fallen in love with him calling baseball games as hokey and as as old-fashioned as he is, but I absolutely love Vin Scully. So uh, go try and find those broadcasts anywhere you can. He did commentary on a PlayStation game in which I played religiously. Mmm, John pork sausages. <laughs> Either way, guys, yeah, send us that link on Fightful, uh, Jeff, to the Fightful Twitter, and we'll retweet that. We have people a lot of times asking if me and hosts will do like an AMA. And I'm like, why that? Why do you all want to hear us do it and ask me anything? Like, I guess there's some juicy stuff that happens behind the scenes in wrestling journalism, but I mean, I don't see the, I don't see the point there. <laughs> I only like to talk about myself whenever I can say unanimously positive things about myself and make myself seem really super cool. I, and I don't think I, that, that would accomplish that. I'm the opposite. <laughs> You've got the self-deprecating oh, humor? Oh, God, yes. I have, to, I have to reassure myself that I'm awesome, you guys. I have to sometimes. Because when you watch Monday Night Raw every week, you start to wonder where your life's going. Fortunately, I'm a part of Fightful.com, the world's leader in crossover mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, and boxing. Go there. Get all your news. Tons of updates every single day. I'm talking dozens, you guys. We got exclusive financial analysis from Brandon Howard, podcasts from Matt Riddle, Showdown Joe, Vince Russo, myself, all kinds of fun stuff. You all have to check out that Thursday podcast with uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, It's getting very fun. And uh, we predicted the future this week, just saying. Or last week, rather. I I love that show quite a lot. I love Matt Riddle. I just think he's so engaging on on air. He's fantastic. And once we get our technical issues squared away, boy, that's that's going to be a smooth running show. Guys, I am back sometime this week. Hopefully tomorrow. But if not, the Showdown Joe podcast will come or, or otherwise I'll do one myself. Guys, until next time, we are out.